Get into the mic. Get my radio voice going. Help! I suck at dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Who's, who, who does the title? That's me. That's really yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. That's not Dean, though. No. You're not hearing Dean. No. You want to introduce yourself? You want me to do the honors? No. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, sitting in for Dean this week because Dean's in Honduras. Give it up for Nick Vile. Hey, what's up? I guess they knew that from the description probably before they downloaded probably. this one. Dean's, Dean's off reads. being a better person than he me. He is. What do they do down there? Like, I don't they know. build Take houses? Instagram photos. <laughs> That's all we can tell for <laughs> it's sure. It's like, hey, we're helping the kids. Snap <laughs> me. Uh, I mean, Instagram. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Help I suck at dating. So, what does Amy do? She calls me. There it is. We have an opening for someone who could we, to host the show. Who could we get to replace Dean? <laughs> well, four time reality TV reject. <laughs> Wait, four times? No, the the last time wasn't a reject. That's I'm Erica, a, by the way. I'm being hey. facetious. Um, yeah. Were there four times? <laughs> you know, it's weird. Uh, I've what I was on. Other than was it Chris Bukowski? I've done the show four times, and now that we have Winter Games and Paradise. There's a lot of people in Bachelor Nation who've done the show multiple times, but I, for some reason, own the whole, like, I have been it on so many times, but, you know, I think Ben's done four shows, but no one, no one blinks an eye at that. Well, he had his own, that's four, oh. and it was, like, on a different channel, but let's be honest, same production company. So, Bachelor, Bachelorette, season 10, Bachelorette, season 11, oh. Bachelor in Paradise, <laughs> Season Do you three. Want to share your thoughts. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Erica, go ahead. It just doesn't in. sound great back to back. I didn't realize Ugh. it was back to back, so it's fine. She's like, it's totally. Oh, fine. he is a total. Wow. No. Well, actually, Bachelorette season, or Bachelor season twenty one, and then Dancing with the Stars. You could argue five time oh. reality show loser. True. Yeah. 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 So no, there's again, that. You guys, you didn't lose the last one. You just there's no winning and losing. There's just love. Oh, okay. Dancing with the Stars. Well. I, I lost. <laughs> yeah. What's been going on with you lately? Are you sucking at dating lately, or are you pretty good at it? <laughs> we, can, does anyone want to be good at dating? That's a weird thing. It's yeah. like, what are you really good at? Well, dating. Well, that's I'm true. A, that's I'm a good an point. excellent dater. We should tell Dean that. Maybe I, he'd get uh, better I about really kill it in the dating scene. You don't me, want that. You're uh, a player in that situation. Right? No. Yeah. Maybe if you're good at dating, you're married, and then you still date because you're, you're married and you still date. Is that how it works? I don't think that's how it works. Okay. I well. think you just fall in love. And Okay. You know. So what does it mean to not suck at dating? We should have had this talk with Dean. It means uh, being respectful, being open, yeah. communicating. It means these things, right? Also being Wait, good at so, finding someone. So you're saying the title of the show is Dean is not respectful, <laughs> he's not good at communicating. Well, that's kind of how it open. started because of Paradise. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a great communicator on Paradise and got some flack for that. Some. Some. A lot. And, and, and we've gotten a podcast out of it. Yeah. I mean, how do you... Yeah. No, but like sucking at dating First is like First of all, he being... was torn between D'Lo and Christina. <laughs> yeah. That's just weird to begin with. <laughs> Wait, those are from your season, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's weird to begin with. <laughs> it's not weird. It's like, what's... It's like a weird thing to lose, lose sleep over. Hmm. <laughs> what? That's so brutal. Is it? I mean, they seem both like fine people. No, they are fine people. Yeah. Uh, are you? Are you? What's What's your current situation? I'm dating. Are you in love? No. Okay. Uh, I'm always in love. You know. 
I love all of you guys. Love is legitimate. Yeah. I mean, Are you in a committed relationship? No, I don't think so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. You're not. No. So you're, you're. I've been dating. I've dated some people. More like, no, nah, not a lot of people. I've dated. Well, what about like? Could I ask r- about rumors that I've heard about you? <laughs> no. no. No, I can't. No. I can't bring those up. I can't ask about like a favorite month of the year or anything like that. I have friends. You I've have dated. friends, and you've dated, and we can't talk about which go into which category. No. Yeah. Let's. Just <laughs> Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, you know, those who can't teach kind of thing. You know, I don't know. Um, I've been out there. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been dating. Um, what do you do on a first date? What do I do on a yeah, first Yeah, do you have like a standard thing for a first date? Like when I was single, I, I like to take girls to baseball games. It, it nice. depends, right? I mean, I, I think I've commented on, I wrote some article a long time ago. I think the level of uh, typically if I'm going on a date and I don't know much about the person, I like to keep it pretty um, casual. Okay. Um, But my level of interest in that person will reflect what I want to do on the date. And what I mean by that is if I really know nothing and what I mean by nothing other than the fact that I find this person attractive and I don't know, you know, I maybe had a, a short interaction with them. I might suggest the typical coffee or drinks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, but also it's like um, I don't want. It's like I don't know how much time I want to spend with you, and let's be honest, you don't know how much time you want to spend with me. So True. let's just have a cup of coffee. So there's an end time. Yeah. Just you in know? case. Yeah. Uh, if there's a, a, a an excitement, you know, where I think either a I I've already had a little bit of time. Maybe I've I've had a short conversation with them at a night out, or we have mutual friends, or I just really hope I like this person, and I hope they like me. Then maybe I'll suggest dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, I try to keep it fairly casual. I think it, I find it weird um, when and when guys um, try to overly oppress, uh, oppress, <laughs> and impress <laughs> uh, a, a woman by like some fancy, expensive date. Uh, right on, on the first, we're going to take a helicopter, or even just like a really fancy dinner. Mm-hmm. It's just like I don't know, you're trying too hard. Just keep it casual. Right. The point is just to meet each other, not to yeah, impress. Each I mean, other I think it's about having conversations, communicating. You know. Uh, if you're going to have dinner, I, I like, you know, kind of places that um, have some energy to it, you know, that have people around it. Maybe it's like a, one of those restaurants slash places you get a drink, you know, because maybe you can do a little bit of both, you know, have some dinner. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Mm-hmm. You close the bar down. That's nice. So there's an end time with extensions available. If you want to give yourself some options, you mm-hmm. want to, you know, both to extend the night and cut it short. You, know, you never know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, dating's a, it's a. Trial and error, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think the best, sometimes the best part about dates is the fact that a lot of them don't go well. You know, it's kind of fun. You know, in the in the moment, it's kind of cringeworthy, but it makes for a good story. What's been a bad date? Give us a good story about a bad date you've been on. Doesn't have to be recent, can be any time in your whole life. I don't know. I mean, I don't have like some like horrid first date, but sometimes it's, you know, the worst kind of date I think you just go on. And I think it's kind of like a job interview, right? But, yeah, you know, it is kind of in, yeah. in a sense. But sometimes in job interviews, you always hear how, you know, in that first thirty to sixty seconds, usually they know whether they're interested in hiring hiring you or not. And I think the same <laughs> goes for dating. I've never had a bad job interview. Does that mean I've, I'm going to be good at dating? Maybe. Right. I mean, I twenty four. You either are, or you aren't so. at this point, right? Well, I think uh, if you're a good communicator and you're f- yes. open with talking about yourself, but not in a way that comes across as uh, cocky or bragging. 
but just you're open enough to have a conversation yeah. and, and kind of dive a little deeper. I think, you know, the same thing that comes with interviews. I mean, it, it is an interview, right? And, but I think sometimes those dates you sit down and you're just like, yeah, this, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> well, it either clicks or it doesn't, right? You know, the worst is when you think they might think. You know, I've gone on a date. Oh. I, I went on a date once where I was pretty sure we mutually just weren't feeling it. Yeah. But maybe I wasn't feeling it and she sensed that, so whatever. But she went through the whole thing, right? She's like, let's order apps, let's order dinner, <laughs> oh, we got drinks. No. Then she waiter comes out, Would you guys like to see the dessert menu? She's like, Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> Like, she's really milking this. Um, and I was, I wanted to be like, we don't, you know that one commercial where, you know, there, there's those two people and it's just like, well, I had a nice time. I'll never see you again. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. And like, you wanted it to be like that, but. Um, That's the worst if you know this is not happening, but it, it seems like she's having a nice time or vice versa. Well, like, you pick up on someone. Like, she should not have kept ordering things. You would think she'd pick up on it. Unless you said, yes, let's get dinner. Well, I'm a or nice, let's I'm get a nice guy. If she wants the chocolate souffle, <laughs> souffle I'm not going to stop her. Oh, but those take forever to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the worst. waiter comes out. It's like, we have a chocolate souffle. Well, that's going to be 40 minutes. Day. It'll be 45 minutes. She's like, I'll have that. Oh, oh God. Um, so terrible. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, dating. It's a fun thing. How did you get involved in the whole Bachelor world? Like, where did the, the first idea come to you? Did somebody approach you? Uh, uh, kind of. My friends signed me up. Yeah, I think that's kind of out there. Without you knowing about it? Or did they ask your permission to sign you up? Oh, uh, they joked about signing me up. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, whatever. And then next thing Apparently you know, ABC, did, yeah. ABC's on the phone the next thing you know. It was like eight months later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And are you? Are, do you have regrets from... Every day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, not really. It's been okay. It's been great. I mean, yeah. I, it's it's like life. I mean, every decision or and every risk that you take, there's good and some bad things that come from. Not necessarily bad, but things that you have to get through or struggle with or um, overcome. Maybe hopefully learn from. So, uh, going on a reality TV show is just a, a, a heightened version of of life. Do you remember like when you had to call and tell your parents, hey, by the way, I'm I'm going to be on The Bachelor. Your parents, are they still in Waukesha, Wisconsin? They are. So that's got to be an interesting phone call to make. Um, I don't really remember how. My parents are great in the sense that, for those who don't know, I have a lot of siblings. Um, and so they just have better things to do than to worry about what... <laughs> <laughs> what bad decisions I'm making with my life. Yeah, but if my kid's going to be on television, that's either exciting or horrifying. I, I would have an extreme reaction. would be horrified. There yeah. was a natural curiosity. I, you know, I, I've been lucky where my parents, for better or worse, uh, have always been confident in my um, life decision skills. I, I, they, <laughs> maybe that wasn't a good decision, but I'm, I think they think I'm a very thoughtful person and weigh the pros and cons and, and good at asking people's advice um, around me and my circle of mentors and friends. And if nothing else, whether they agreed with it or not, I think they just assumed and rightly so that I, I thought it through. Uh -huh. and I wasn't um, making this uh, a decision kind of on a, a whim. So um, you did put a lot of thought into this because you make it sound like, oh, your friends threw you in there and they called and you said, sure, it sounds like fun. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I've made a lot of decisions. I was working, and um, a lot of those conversations I do with my my employer at the time sure. was gracious, very gracious and supportive. And um, you know, if it weren't for them, I never would have done it. Are you still in the software industry? No, done with that. I mean, for now, mm -hmm. I am lucky enough to have a lot of great relationships. I still keep in contact with them, and 
just in case everything goes terribly wrong, <laughs> um, maybe maybe I'll, I'll do that. At what point did you stop working? Like first round bachelorette, second? I went right back to work after the first time. Because like no one even knew who you were yet. Because it hadn't aired yet. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, now I'm out here in Hollywood and being the cliche and and and, and acting and you know, oh, thankfully yeah. having some success with that. But at the time, you know, it was I, I decided to go on a reality TV show, and it was very um, important to me to just be um, mindful of, of what this experience was and what it wasn't. And I didn't want to like be like, oh, I'm going to be a reality TV guy, and next thing you know, I'm going to be all over Hollywood. It's just like, no, I'm going to go do this thing. It's going to be an interesting experience. I'm going to go back to the the job I I know and love, and I did. Um, and so as soon as I got done filming, I, I literally went back to work like two days later, which was probably a terrible idea. Um, yeah, because it didn't end great. So, like, were you just miserable being I, back at work too? I mean, for those who get out of that experience, it uh, it fries your brain a little bit. It, okay. it messes with you. Um, yeah. But it was also, in some ways, good for me to just get back to normal. And so I just did that, and then you know, the rest is kind of, as they say, history. With um, me getting asked to go back on Caitlyn's season because the producers kind of were found out about our, our pre-existing mm. kind of um, friendship, if you will. And uh, they were once again supportive. But at that point, I had to, you know, they kind of uh, gave me that um, open invite to come back. But um, with the exception of making sure I was kind of done with all, all, all of this, as they would call it, Hollywood stuff. And so when I got done filming, I just kind of took a, a beat and looked at my options. And at that point, you know, I was given a handful of opportunities that I decided to look into now because I was lucky enough to be given the blessing blessing from my employer to take some risks. You know, most, most people aren't lucky enough to, to have such a, a great employer to say, hey, um, go live it up, YOLO, take some risks, see what <laughs> happens. And if you fall on your face, you can always come back. Um, so since then, I've you know, obviously, you know, I've gone on the bachelor a couple more times or one of their shows and I've, I've been lucky enough to try new experiences and, and meet a great network of people who have been supportive and helpful. And um, I started getting into acting space uh, a little uh, shortly before I ever went on Paradise. And obviously that took a little bit of a break before um, I did The Bachelor. And, and ever since Dancing on the Stars, it's, it's pretty much what I've been focusing on. So you know, I've uh, done a couple shows. I've well, you did speechless. Speechless. You did a Hallmark movie. A, but it wasn't on Ion. But it was a Vivica Fox. Which okay, was, that's exciting. That was cool. I What's watched the episode of Speechless? I remember being like, "This actually like, I didn't know. You never know how reality star is going to be on TV." But <laughs> you were good. It worked for you. I was, I was, I was playing a a bad B roll actor. So kind were of you on Speechless. <laughs> were you a teacher? My well, my character was. An actor playing a teacher, mm. but supposed supposed to not be good at playing oh. a teacher. So I felt like I nailed that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was very cool to uh, perform with Mini Driver, uh, which was oh, yeah. really neat. And I, I recently filmed uh, an episode um, of Teachers, uh, which is on uh, TV Land, which is a really cool kind of uh, uh, comedy about. Um, some teachers from Chicago. Um, it's about these four women named Katie. All developed a show. It's a really funny kind of snarky, you know, modern day um, take on being a, a elementary teacher. I play a, a reporter. Um, there's been some really cool cameos on it, and so I felt very lucky to do that. Um, and uh, I have some other stuff I'm working on. I don't know if I'm able to share, so I won't. 
Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, it's been really cool. It's a very tough and hard industry. I've been working hard. Uh, you know, I I have coaching and take classes and do a bunch of stuff to try to get better because it's incredibly hard and and something that you know uh, my platform on reality TV only helps me so much and in some ways it kind of hurts as well. Um, yeah, so sure. We'll, we'll there's see a stigma it, attached to it. Yeah, there's a stigma attached to it. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Are you taking acting classes? Like, you're serious about this next chapter? I've been taking acting classes for um, about two years now. Oh, so wow. So I, I study every day. Um, I do other classes as well to, to help. There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, it's a really hard thing. There's a reason why people say that, how competitive it is. So, you know, chances are I'll fall on my face and, and fail. But, you know, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw Black Panther. I did. Speaking of what acting, movie. was it great? I e- liked it. Easton was really ha- did happy you like about it? it? I loved it. I loved it. I saw it opening night. Obviously, a lot of hype. Um, for the most part, I felt like it lived up to it. Um, it we got so much hype, but I, I saw it yesterday that it, it did. It, it lived up to as much as one could, having being so hyped up. I thought the action scenes were so. I mean, my my. What was so cool about it is, as the Black Panther, the action sequences and the songs were so cool. I mean, like, I, I was maybe some of the cooler action scenes of all the Marvel Marvel movies, I think. The only downside is there weren't as many of them, like the Black Panther being the Black Panther. You um, know, that was one of the early only bad reviews, was that he doesn't, quote, beat up enough bad guys. Yeah, or just, <laughs> like, he's not being the Black Panther as much as you'd want to see. Um, but it was a lot of great performances. I really liked... Um, the 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 women roles. Um, I don't know the names of of, of the actors. Um, Who do we got? Lupita Nyong'o is one of them. She she is the one that I know off the top of my head. <laughs> they did a really good job. I mean, it was kind of a it's kind of like on Wonder Woman. Um, I think the industry now is you know, maybe it's with the success of Wonder Woman. They're doing a great job of having. Uh, to me, I thought what what really made the movie and the charm of the movie is having these kind of strong female presence. Um, that are very attractive yet very charming, and like they have these, like Wonder Woman. She's very confident and strong and kicks ass, but she's also very demure, you know. And they have that kind of same sentiment in Black Panther, and I find that to be a really charming part of the movie. I mean, I've always been a very attracted to to strong women and personalities, but like not overly aggressive. Like the, these aren't like the, the 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 women characters. They're not like hard asses or or like off-putting but they're like they're they kick ass they kind of own it but it's not in a way that comes across as um like they're trying too hard kind of thing yeah, you know yeah. there's obviously some uh, in the movie like the black panther i did, did a really good job because obviously you know it's uh, he has a black director obviously a lot of um a black um performances and so that was you know people have talked about that and it was they did a really cool job of like talking about pop culture, but not in a way that felt pushy, you know? So I thought it was really cool that way. It was just very, it was cool. I don't know. It was just like a really neat movie. And they, they, I felt like they did a good job of highlighting kind of like, you know, racism and things like that without it making it feel like that's what the movie was about. It's very inclusive. Like I'm the whitest dude on planet earth, but like I felt that's connected. True. To yeah. We've actually tested that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. There, there's evidence. Uh, but I felt very, I felt like this movie was for me just as it's for everybody. It's a really, uh, it made everybody feel proud to just be a person. Yeah, and, um, it was really cool that movie, way. Anyway. But yeah. you kind of understood some of the points they were trying to make, but exactly. not in a way. But I think my favorite part of the movie were the the, the 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 female or the woman characters in the movie because I think they just like uh, the Black Panther's sister, his uh, his love interest, and even the general. I mean, 
thought that was really cool. They did a great job where it didn't feel like they were trying too hard to do it. And I just think I thought it made the movie really charming. Angela Bassett, Letitia Wright, and Danae Guerrero, who's also on The Walking Dead. Um, they really, it, they really, they were all awesome. It, it's destroying all the preconceived notions like Wonder Woman did. Oh, no one's going to want to watch a superhero movie with a woman in charge. And then it makes all the money. And this one, no one wants to see a superhero movie with an all-black cast or with a wim- yeah, predominant women maybe, roles. Destroying all of that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm different that way. I just find it, it just makes the movie really charming. I don't, I don't know what it is where it's just like, I mean, and again, I think it's because they, they do such a great job of, it's it's not like I think I don't know what it is. Maybe sometimes people think like, oh, if we have a, a woman lead who's like the the hero, she will play the like a, a role of I don't know. Like it, what's really interesting is they still come across as feminine, and they still like they don't seem to cross a band, and they're still strong and powerful and leaders, and yet they're still women, you know, mm-hmm. and they still have very demure qualities, and I just find that attractive, and it's not like in a pushy way. So between Wonder Woman and Black Panther, I thought those were like two. Uh, movies who really uh, did a great job of showcasing women um, in, in, a, in a way that was very attractive and not in a way that would like, you know, even if like some like misogynist people were like, oh, I don't really like, <laughs> like, I don't know how you don't like um, some of those roles that the, the women played. Yeah. They were really cool. Well, we should get to some emails. We do have someone coming in to talk to us about meditation and how it can help you in your relationship. Before we do that, we'll get to some of these emails. And the reason Erica's in here is because we caught some flack last week for not having a female wow. voice. Wow. A woman called an uh, email to say... Why uh, do we need a female voice? <laughs> <laughs> After just talking about it. She and her boyfriend... What do they have to say? They decided to take a week and figure out their relationship while she went to Europe. And then while she was in Europe, he slept with another woman. He <gasps> says, we were on a break. She says, no, we were not. Oh, I so saw she that. Was saying, in the email. So, yeah, so what, they complained. So another woman said, how dare you not have a woman weigh in on this? And I why thought does that I, have to do, again, women's perspective is great. What does that have to do with a woman? Like, Well, because uh, it was uh, Dean and Dean's buddy. If you flip the switch, like if you flip the role, I'm sure guys have, I'm sure women have said, I want to take a break in a relationship and then maybe hooked up with a dude. Yeah, it's just probably. a matter of proof. It happens, sure. Right. But Dean and his uh, Australian friend, whose name oh, is me from Winter Games, Courtney, Courtney. Uh, they said that uh, that he did that he didn't cheat. I think. Uh, I think the important part of maybe of that story <laughs> is like, wait, going back to Dean. Oh, geez, with the two women thing, it's just hard. No, I mean, listen. I, <laughs> And like I've read some of these emails, and we'll get into them. Yeah. But like a lot of it, like people are so interested in trying to define or label something what it is or isn't. I think the important part of of someone, if you are in a relationship for however length of time, and the other person suggests they want a break, and the first thing they do is hook up with someone else, that should maybe tell you something about yeah. both the person you're with and and the relationship that you have or don't have. And so whether it's cheating or not, it's probably not. It's a breakup, not a break. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't like. Also, like you've heard this, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, so if if that person, you know, I'm assuming the person who hooked up with someone else was the one who initiated the the break. It's you know, it either is. A breakup or a break. And well, so, if I recall, she uh, she did break up with him briefly, but then said, "You know what? No, let's not wait, break so up." So it was the, it was the woman who broke up with the, him. The, the break, but then she said, "You know what? Let's just take. I'm going to go to Europe for this trip that I had planned. We're going to take a week to think about our relationship." So that's why he was. Uh, but know, he saw an opening and he ran for it. Uh, it's yeah. not uh, great. I mean, again, there's so many variables that go into these stories in terms of 
I would also probably, if I was broken up with and then said, like, oh, hold on, I'd probably be like, no, F you. Yeah, maybe I he can was, get whatever I want. Maybe well, he was heartbroken. I mean, maybe, the other yeah. element is she wants to continue this relationship, but he won't admit that he cheated. And my point was, wow. it doesn't matter. He, he, you know what he did. Admit you don't need that to put he a, cheated. Yeah, that's what she was saying. Oh. He won't admit it, and I don't want to move but forward. But he's admitted he to a it. hooking up with someone. Yes. But he's saying, no, I didn't cheat. It's all about labels. Listen, I can tell you right now that relationship is doomed yeah. because if she's so obsessed with like labeling what he did, like why does she want to do that to hold his, right. hold it over him? Right. But she feels in her gut that she wants to make this work. I think labels just destroy us. It no sounds like what. she's yeah. in her gut wants to control the relationship. I mean, she wants to take a break but not break up. She wants to go to Europe and do her thing. Mm. Why does she? Why does she need to go on a break? You know, why does she have to call it in? She's going to Europe. She's not right. going to see him. Right. So that's a break. That's just a break without taking a break. True. You don't have to call it anything. You know, like, why do you have to call it anything? Actually, I mean, and point. sometimes, and I'm not saying that this is where her motives, but it just seems like a weird thing to do. I mean, sometimes people, and I'm not accusing this person of anything, <laughs> but like sometimes it's the person who maybe they want to take a break because maybe they want to do something. Maybe they should, like. Yeah. Is it so hard to believe that this girl is like, I'm going to go to Europe and I have this relationship and this guy that maybe I want to date, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to go on a break because I don't know who I'm going to meet in Europe. And then they go to Europe and they don't really meet anyone. Meanwhile, Ah, the person who like got dumped goes to the bars, makes out with a hot chick, hooks up with someone and is honest about it. And she's so like (laughs) pissed off because basically her plan backfired. I'm not saying that's what happened, but but that happens all the time in Mm -hmm. relationships. I think sometimes we, um, we get... I find that often in dating or relationships, we get mad at the other person we're dating for things that we're doing, or we project our own insecurities. And it's easier to get mad at other people than to be mad at ourselves. Um, so, and I'm not saying what this, <laughs> what she, you know, that that's what happened. But I mean, who cares whether it's uh, cheating? That's or not the cheating? thing. You, you know, know him. You know you. Yeah. Move on or don't. I think. Listen, it's, they he got to move on. Yeah. He hooked up with someone else. So, like, in the terms of that relationship, uh, probably not a good thing. Does it make him a bad person? I mean, listen, he obviously didn't value that relationship enough uh, to not hook up with someone else. Um, and I think that should tell that that lady something. Um, and she should probably move on. You know, if she's so ha- hell-bent on saving that relationship, then she should probably own, you know, the role she played. And if any relationship is going to work, I think... But, you know, any relationship that is going to work is going to have two people being willing to um, not be right and compromise and uh, give in and own their own mistakes as, a, as opposed to forcing other person to own theirs. Um, and if if that's what's going to happen, it probably won't work out. Well, I'm trying to find the original email, but I'm that's, I'm coming up short. You just on like that. got real insightful there. Like, oh, it's oh, not get just ready, about people. Cheating. Here we go. <laughs> it's about put your seatbelt on. All right, well, let's hear from Lori then, shall we? My boyfriend and I met on eHarmony and have been together almost six years. I really enjoy being with him. He makes me happy, but I've always had some questions with our relationship. I've wondered if I was settling due to my age. I'm 36. He's 35. He has some traits I don't really enjoy. But I tell myself nobody's perfect. I need to accept his flaws. We've had some on-again, off-again moments and separated for a few months last year. When we got back together, I felt that we were stronger than ever and even discussed marriage. We went on a romantic tropical vacation together where I thought he was going to propose. He didn't. The week after vacation, I discovered he had been on plenty of fish and actively talking to other women. He went on dates with at least two women. One of the dates was five days after we returned from paradise. Oh, no. After I found <laughs> solid familiar. proof. Yeah, 
After I found solid proof this was occurring, I confronted him with it. He admitted he had been what he had been doing and took full responsibility. Good for him. He what claims a, that nothing physical ever happened with the other women. He's apologized numerous times and said that he made a mistake. Should I accept his apology and forgive him? Should I take this as a chance to venture off and see if there's something better out there for me? You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I co-hosted with Ben. I've done this. I've never heard of Plenty of Fish until I've done this show. It was talked about <laughs> on that one, too. Oh, so, so anyway, it's, it's another day. Yeah. It's a day app. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this seems to be a thing. It was kind of the, a similar email that, that with the Plenty of Fish. It's like the guy was caught on an, another dating app. Um, you know, listen, it, this, is pro- this probably isn't a relationship you... you that's going to work out. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of the, the, that uh, movie, He's not, Just Not That Into You. Oh, <laughs> what a good movie to reference. It's like the Bible. But, yeah, continue. I mean, you can usually, <laughs> like, if you're, again, if you're honest with yourself, you you can kind of, I like, some of these, I'd be curious if they're on the phone. Because I just, a lot of these emails, I just want to, like, ask them, well, before I... T- Tell you what I think. What do you think? You know? Yeah, because she got deep down, she's got to know this is not the guy for her. And I think because yeah. she is thirty six, she's she's trying to make this work. Well, interesting about dating apps, and I, I I don't have really a lot of experience with them, and I think they've become less hard to do. But it takes some dedication to fill out a profile, right? Uh, yes. Like even like a Tinder one, you have to like yes. go through what pictures you want yes, at it least, does. right? And and maybe at least a line bio. So what I'm th- th- saying is. This isn't like, no form of cheating is okay, right? But like, we're all human, we bleed. And I suppose, like, if someone goes to the bar and gets drunk and hooks up, it's not okay. But like, there's, you know, th- that's why when like people commit crimes, right? Whether it's robbery or murder, uh, people get harder punishments for premeditation, you know, for like, that's true. To, to think of, to plan things, to go out of their way. That, because every time, in a moment when you're planning something, Every time you're planning to do something, there's an opportunity to not do it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're making a plan for something, you can be like, well, this requires me to do this. Well, is it worth it? Do I want, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's a bad thing or a good thing. So for someone to go on a dating app and to like pick out his pictures <laughs> and then bad. like, what should I put in my bio? I'm like, well, I like to travel. I'm a foodie. Um, I'm funny. I like it when people make me laugh. Um, I'm assuming that's what everyone's dating profile says. Honestly, yeah. If you're just looking for hookups, don't reach out, you know, looking for love. And so <laughs> this dude not only is going on other dates, but he's premeditating, like, trying to meet other women. Yes. And he's thinking of, like, how to impress other women. Yeah. And so he's he's really thinking this through. Um, this is not just a mistake. This a mistake is, is just like, oh, you got sorry, so you caught me looking at the girl's butt. And <laughs> listen, what can I say? I'm a red-blooded male. Like, oh this, guy, this guy is really, you know... You going also, out of his way to to not care about this yeah. relationship, and so you know, you know, so many variables go in in these kind of emails. But also, like you know, a lot of just a note, guys, and these yeah. emails, you should require people to put their age in. Well, no, she's hers is. yeah, she is, oh. she is right, yeah. but like some of them don't. But um, anyway, she's for reference. she's yeah. she's thirty six. He's thirty five. There is no excuse to you know be figuring things out. I mean, I think after thirty, you you should. Hopefully, you know, like there's you're kind of in a certain in a certain way as mature as you're going to be mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- there's no excuse of like, you know, if you're 22, it's just like you're just figuring things out. This guy is 35. You're 36. 
He's probably been doing this for a while. Um, He's looking for something. Well, yeah. I mean, again, like it sucks, but like whatever it is, and it's not okay for him to do this. But like, you're not giving him what he wants or needs. And truthfully, don't feel bad because probably no one else can. Um, Yeah. You know, it sounds like he's not giving her what she really wants. No, she listed that at the beginning. You got all kinds of flaws. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's a metaphor for you. Oh. And because this is what guys, this is what guys do when guys are watching TV. They'll find a show they want, they'll turn it on, and then they'll minimize it in the corner while they keep looking for something better to watch. Right? This is horrible. Sure. This is guys. This is how guys are. And this is people too. This is what know, he's like doing is, to Lori. He is, is modern day. This is not ADD. me. She's minimized in the corner yeah. while he's scrolling looking for somebody else that he might want to date. Yeah, and again, like you know, he's she's don't be someone's comfort zone. Like, um talking about relationships. I mean, they're on Yeah, I mean don't let no, don't let a guy have his cake and eat it too. You know, don't let the guy get the milk for free, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, and don't wait for a guy to find a better option. No, before he moves on. She's scared of, to be back at square one at age thirty six, yeah. and I get that. I'm but you be deserve better. Twenty four. So, she will yeah. find. But it's better. the law of diminishing return. You know, or not the no. It's the the the, <laughs> the gambling fallacy where it's just like don't put bad money yeah. on bad money. You know, like eventually you just have to like cash in your chips. You know, because if you're it doesn't matter if you're 50 or 36 or 22, um, if you're going to stay in a relationship just because you're afraid to be single. Well, if you know deep down that it's not the relationship, you're only going to waste more time because if, even if you wait one more week, well, you're a week older, you know, mm-hmm. and, and becomes harder and harder. But that's a week where you could have either met someone else or just got more comfortable with being alone and being self-sufficient and get in a better place to meet the right person. You know, I think sometimes... Half the time, I think it's hard enough to meet people is because we just might not be in the right place personally to, to be open to meeting someone. Um, and, um, you know, I, it, and you also think about it. If you want motivation, don't, don't let the people you're dating give you more red flags for other people you're dating. Because if you're just being honest, um, when you date someone, right, and eventually, whether it's in a first date or fourth date, you start talking about your past relationships. And if you're dating someone who admits that they've stayed with someone while they're on other dating apps for a long period yeah. of time, you start well, wondering, like, what that person's decision-making skills. I mean, you don't necessarily judge them, but, like, it becomes a, maybe a little bit of a red flag of, like, why were you so willing to accommodate this person and how is that going to affect this relationship? So you kind of have to, I think, hold, you know, Stop making excuses for people. Um, and um, it sounds like it, it, it's great. Yeah, you should forgive them, and then you should move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Don't, that's, don't, that's good advice. Don't uh, don't hold grudges. Don't. Uh, I think important part in relationships is you know you see it all the time whether someone's cheated on or whatever. Don't let the things that happen to you in a relationship you know give you baggage or or give you um, you know put a bad taste in your mouth about other. Don't let it give you trust issues. And if it get, like. Whether something happens and it gives you trust issues is pretty much all on you. You can decide to not let it bother you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can learn from it. It can bother you. You can become smarter from it. You can be more aware of the red flags that happen in a relationship. You can have a shorter lease for, like, if you someone catches you in a dating app, you just immediately break up with them. You know, you, 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 ask the right, you get better at asking the right questions. But don't just assume everyone's like that. And the more you start putting yourself in situations and you, the more you make exceptions for um, people like this and, you know, um, the more it becomes harder for people to trust in the next relationship because you're so willing to give, um, that person in the relationship so much slack and they end up, you know, 
letting you down. Mm-hmm. And so the more slack you give them and they're just keep letting you down, the harder it is to trust the next person. So don't let that, uh, uh, let that happen. So the advice is accept his apology, forgive him. Yeah, forgive him. Move and on. And then move on. And then learn from it the next time. I think that's good advice. Caitlin needs some advice. She's 22, almost 23. Graduated college in May, moved to Rochester, Minnesota to be an intern at the Mayo Clinic. My program ends in August. My plan is to go back home to Denver. My ex and I were together for two years, and he was supposed to move with me, but as we got closer and closer to moving day, I decided it would be best for me to take a year and learn to be on my own. I lived at home through undergrad to save money and have never lived alone before. Six weeks before leaving, I told him I need time to grow, and I thought he needed to become more sure of himself and figure out what he wanted as well. Things were rocky. He doesn't speak my love language, words of affirmation. He wasn't great at communicating with me, never took anything I said seriously, wasn't great at planning things or even just telling me he loved me and didn't have a great attitude about life in general. Ooh, doesn't sound like a real great situation. But anyway, you always hear going back to an ex is like reading the same book twice. You already know how it ends. My question is, do you think exes can reconnect after time apart? Do you think he or guys in general can grow up and become more of a man? Help, Caitlin. I like this email. Okay. Yeah. What's your, what do you, what, have you ever had that? Gone back with an ex? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my first, my first love, uh, we dated off and on for seven years. I this was, I was like, 18. okay. So just out of high school, yeah. going into college. Listen, Caitlin, she, what, she's, um, almost 23. She mm-hmm. sounds, you know, like a, a fairly self-aware young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations, Caitlin. You seem to be ahead of the game. She's got a career. Um, yeah. A she's career, got a lot going on focused. going for she, herself. She, she's trying to be self-aware, but she's. Uh, struggling with her decision, um, a lot of there's a lot of good information in here. I think she's trying to do the right thing. She's trying to be independent. She seems to have this guy in her life that she she cares about. But again, like one of those things, like if if under, I wonder if Caitlin were to go back and read this email, you know, I think sometimes when you when you list things out, you become more self aware of your own thoughts and intentions yeah. and feelings. And so, like, there's a whole paragraph on listing <laughs> reasons why she doesn't think he's good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not the love language, which, yep. you know, not just it seems like such a girly guy, but it's a legitimate thing I mean, in terms of how people communicate, how they show affection. Um, that could be uh, learned if that's were the only issue. You know, I don't know. It, it, I, I like this, this, how this ends, I guess, which is the main point of her question is like, can people change? Um, sure. Um, but only to a certain degree. And I, I find that people really only truly change for themselves. They never really change for other people. And I think so, so often people make the mistake of, um, you know, in a relationship or they break up with someone and they're like, you know, you just gotta, you just don't do this for me. And the guy or the girl is just like, I'm so sorry, babe. You know, I'm, I'm going to do better. And they, they mean well, right? I think they probably believe that they're going to, they have changed or they're going to change, but they're really only doing it to, to get what they want in that moment. That is, to get back with that person, but everyone always kind of goes back to uh, who they are and kind of their habits. Uh, to really, truly change, you really have to do it for yourself. There has to be a greater reason why you're doing it. And you really have, you know, some, usually you have to hit rock bottom and you, and you have to do it not to like, you have to do it not for me, immediate return. If you're deciding to try to change because there's this specific thing that you want in the moment or in the short term, it only works because you get that thing. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't get that thing, you're just like, ah, oh, f*** it, I didn't really want to do that anyways. You have to truly want to change for the greater good and just because you want to be a better person. So, and it also, like, it's interesting enough that, like, we, you know, even when you're young, you, get ma- you mature, I think about myself in, in dating. Like, I like to think, and I think most people would agree, that since my early 20s, I've probably grown up a lot. I've probably matured in a lot of ways. 
Um, guys mature later. Sure, it but like. it doesn't really matter. I guess my point is is saying like we all we all change and grow as people. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm different in a lot of ways. Uh, in my 30s and in my 20s, I'm different in a lot of ways. Having you know done the experiences that I've had, obviously I've had some unique relationships in in TV. But at the same time, we are who we are. You know, mm-hmm. I it's it's weird to think about, but I would be willing to bet that if, and I don't ever want this to happen, but if all the girls I ever dated for an extended period of time, whether it was like my relationships that I dated for like months or years or women I maybe have dated for a couple months, if you got them into a room and they all just started chatting, you know, whether it was the, the my first girlfriend 18 or, or, or people I've recently dated, I'd be willing to bet that there would be stories about, you know, maybe there would be different stories and some would be talked about how like I've done this, but like, the, the people have dated me later in life be like, well, he, you know, he's done this and you would see some change and some growth in me. Okay. But I would be also willing to bet that'd be like one girl would be like, you know, you know, maybe Nick's a kind of a, a good guy, but he would always do this. Right. And they would like describe my neurotic behaviors or obsessions or like bad habits or like whatever. And then other girls would be like, yeah, he totally <laughs> did that. Oh my God. Nick would do that all the time. And I think that goes the same for all of us. It's like sometimes we are who we are. And and so, you know, that's like a, it gives me anxiety just thinking about the possibility of that happening. Um, <laughs> that'll be the next time you like, feel you in know, for like, being. I, I guarantee every girl who's ever dated me, there'd be like, I bet they could list five things that I, with every girl I probably did that eventually over time probably drove them nuts or sure. something. You know, we, we just this is who we are as people like at our core. And it's not a good or a bad thing. You know, those are just habits that we have or personality traits that we express or insecurities that we never really overcome. And that usually in a relationship, those things tend to come out over time and they either are something you, the other person loves you for or it drives them nuts. And usually it's a little bit of both, but, um, this guy's probably not going to change all that much. If there's this many things early on in a relationship, this is generally who he is. Gen- probably his love language isn't going to change. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. generally uh, my basic understanding of love language is that's who we are at our core as people and how we just maybe as even as early as adolescence developed things that kind of um, help us express uh, emotion. And you're just not going to change that. And so take it for what it's worth is that someone who pro who Caitlin, someone early in your life that you were lucky enough to meet and he's probably a great guy, but he's probably not for you. And that's okay. Don't be disappointed. Be thankful that maybe this person taught you a little bit about yourself and may hopefully you've had some positive impact in his life and, and maybe he'll be a friend, but if not, he'll be a fond memory and um, you should probably just move on and don't waste a lot of time trying to change him, hoping will change because most likely you'll, you'll be disappointed. And if nothing else, sometimes it is timing, you know, let it go, you know, let the move on with the relationship. And if it is, you know, not to be that I believe it meant to be, but if he is going to change, it's not going to be because of you and if it's going to be because of himself. So maybe he needs a change without you in his life. And if you guys somehow reconnect later in life, maybe that will happen. But it's n- probably almost certainly not going to happen with you in his life would be my guess. The key line, he didn't have a great attitude about life in general. That's the one. Like, I feel like Caitlin's got a great attitude about life and yeah, she's kind of she, killing well, it. She's, she's doing her thing. And this know? guy, yeah. Here's a quote I'm giving to Seacrest tomorrow that you might uh, apply to this situation. No relationship is a waste of time because if they weren't what you wanted, it showed you what you needed. That's and I great. think, Caitlin, that's perfect for you and this guy. I don't think he's the right guy for I think you. That's really great. So we're going to have some guests on this show and I'm going to do my best to interview them. Hopefully, I'm as good as Dean. <laughs> we're going to have Suki and Elizabeth Novogratz. 
who are authors of Just Sit, a meditation guidebook for people who know they should but don't. So, you know, we're going to talk about meditation, how it might be able to help in life and, and dating. Um, sounds like we're going to talk about a little bit about anxiety. I'm generally an anxious person, so I'm, I'm pretty curious about what they can share. And I've, uh, I've been interested in meditation. So, so we have Suki and Elizabeth. How you, how you ladies doing today? Hi. Doing really well. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thanks for Thank you us. for having us. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about you two. Are you sisters? Are you friends? Just, just. We are sister-in-laws. Sister-in-laws. So, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty nice. It really worked out, right? You know, you could have, you could have hated each other, but instead you became not only friends, I'm assuming, but business partners and you're helping changing people's lives. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, it totally worked out. We're lucky got ones. Lucky. So who's, lucky. how, who's, who married who? Suki married my, this is Elizabeth speaking. Suki married my brother. Oh, wow. Are you, and, and things are going well, Suki? They, you know, we'll be married 25 years in June, so That's I amazing. So. Wow. Yeah. Good. We, it sounds like we won't have to ask the question if it don't if it doesn't work out. Will you guys still be friends? Uh, I'm just kidding. So far, so good. I'm sure. I'm sure it's great. So you have a book um, called Just Set, and it's about meditation. Why don't you uh, Why don't you guys just kind of take the floor and 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 tell us a little bit about it? Um, we wrote this book because we really both of us benefited personally um, enormously from meditation, and and everyone we know pretty much um, kept telling us how much they wanted to meditate and then would just give us laundry lists of excuses and reasons why. Not yet. Not now. Maybe sometime. Maybe when the kids start school, that sort of thing. And so we um, were looking at all of what kept people from actually doing it, which is a lot. And it's very similar kind of across the board. Uh, and so we, we thought, how can we help? And how can we bring people to it? Um, and make it a little more accessible, a little less mysterious and scary. Cool. And so that was kind of the, the whole gist behind it. What are some of the common excuses you hear of why people don't meditate or struggle with it if they attempt it? Not having the time, you know, and then we always tell people, well, you know, um, how much, how much, how many minutes did you spend on Facebook? Um, were you online shopping today? You know, what did you watch on Netflix? Sure. We have time, you know, to prioritize it. And also not to think that, you know, oh, I have to sit for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours. You know, in the beginning, keep it really small. If it's two minutes before you brush your teeth, five minutes before you, you know, walk to the office or whatever it is, you can find, sneak it in and sort of build on that momentum. What, what are something like, for someone who like thinks that they don't have a lot of time, like what would be the most basic way they could meditate? Are there different like levels of meditation? Could they, if you like, I have five minutes, like how could they meditate? Well, I mean, the, what I like to say to people is that if you're breathing, you're halfway there. Mm -hmm. Other, you know, part of it is paying attention to your breath. So five minutes is great. That's a huge amount of time. If you have five minutes every day, um, and because it, it, all of it sort of adds up. You know, if you're fumbling forward towards the practice, um, you will benefit. Interesting. Well, I'm assuming it's a skill because I, let me describe. I've, I've tried meditating. I've done yoga at times and things like that. I'm generally an anxious person. And let me maybe describe to you what it's like for me to meditate where I'll, I'll be, if I'm sitting there, maybe it's in a yoga room or something and I haven't done a lot, or maybe, maybe it's in my living room. You, know, you close your eyes. It's interesting that you said focusing your breath. And this is me meditating. It's like, all right, Nick, focusing your breathing. All right. Don't think about anything else. Just focusing your breath. And it's just like, all right, 
shoot, I'm focusing about breathing. Is that okay? Um, wait, did I pay my bills? Um, wait, did, uh, what's, oh, I'm still, am I breathing? Is, am I doing this right? Oh my God, I'm, I'm a failure. Oh, what am I doing with my life? Oh my God, I'm more anxious than I thought, but, uh, oh, I hate meditating. Uh, you, that, that's, that's me meditating. Um, that is, that's pretty much how we all do it. That, yeah. that, that's, um, that's what we do. We think way too much, way too chatter. You know, we, it, our minds just chatter away constantly. And so one of the things with meditation is it's the act of noticing all that chatter. And so... Then what do you do? You, you notice, and that's all. You don't run away with it. You don't let it hijack you. You don't, you don't give into it. You notice it, and then you get back to your breath. And sometimes you don't notice it right away. Sometimes, you know, it kind of runs away with itself. But then you notice it and you get back to your breath. And then um, two seconds later, it might start up again. And you notice it and you come back to your breath. And that is actually what meditation is. It's this act of noticing and letting it go without, without putting anything on it, any weight on it, any judgment on it. Um, so, and you'll really start noticing how you, you operate. So the um, trick is not to you judge yourself. Right. Okay. Well, that's probably a good start. I do that all the time. I'm just like, Man, you're a total loser. <laughs> can't even meditate. Yeah. You can't even well, breathe that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally part of It's like I've never breathed through my nose in my life. Um, well, how can this help, you know, just both in life and since, you know, this is a, a show about dating, how can it how can it help people maybe in their dating lives? Well, for starters, the better you can you can work on, the more and better you work on your relationship with yourself, you're way better off for your relationship for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and meditation is a great way to, uh, to kind of heal your relationship with yourself. Um, well, and also as we're paying attention to our thoughts and how, as you said, beat yourself up, I'm a loser, this. This means, you know, are not, it's not helpful for relationships. So when you find yourself being kinder to yourself, then you can sort of be kinder to those around you, especially um, the person you're dating. Interesting. How long, how long have you two been meditating? Um, over 10 years. Wow. How'd you, how'd you get started? Do you guys do it this together or something, or you just, you both started meditating and then you're like, Hey, wait, you meditate? I do too. We should, you know, how, how did that uh, start? Suki actually brought me into it. Okay. Um, she brought me, uh, I went on a retreat with her. Very cool. I dragged her. I dragged her. Yeah. yeah. She dragged me. I didn't want to go. I you didn't want to go? <laughs> Were you like me <laughs> at first, judging, judging yourself? I thought, I thought it was going to be so horrible and so boring. And so, yeah, I was so, not at all looking forward. And we laughed for days. It was incredible. It was really fun. Like, just not, no one ever believed me when I tell them how much fun it was. But it really was. Does your, uh, Suki, does your husband meditate with you now? Or does he meditate on his own? Does. I mean, you know, he is a big proponent. Um, I mean, he actually was the one who sent me on my first meditation retreat. Oh, um, why? Was he like, you were just like getting on his nerves? Like, you need to meditate. <laughs> there was a bit of that, you know, but he did come with me. But he, did, he definitely did it to like, you need help. You know, this might help sure. you. And um, my father had, 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 had passed two years prior, and I was still sort of really struggling with that. And, um, and my father was originally had taught me to meditate when I was a young kid. Um, and I dropped it like a hot potato when I went to, you know, start high school, you know, um, and, uh, but when he passed, you know, going back to meditation, which was something that he taught me was a, a tremendous way of healing. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I was sort of uh, so transformed that I really wanted to share it with that, but I really wanted to go back again and I didn't want to go by myself. So, uh, so 
so I, I, I brought her on the journey. That's really cool. I mean, yeah. and good. it sounds like you have a great relationship because, I mean, every time I've tried to tell a girl she needs help, that doesn't really, usually go very well for me. So you seem to be a very, you know, thoughtful, great person, Suki. So congratulations to you. But even in the meditation, it seems like it even went, went even better. Um, so I get, you know, back to like how can, uh, other than reading your book, which everyone should just do called Just Sit again, um, like what are some of the, like, if they're, if they're not going to go to a retreat, um, and unfor- like, let's say maybe they don't quite get your book yet, but like what, if some of our, some of the people listening in, what they're like, if they're naturally curious about meditation, they've maybe talked about it. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. What's the, like the first step they could do as soon as they get done listening to this podcast, um, which I hope they all do. Uh, what's the first thing you do today to like meditate? But depending on the person, some people could literally just sit right now and focus on their breath, set a timer for two minutes and just focus on their breath um, and watch as their thoughts come in and let them go. Other people, it might be more helpful to download an app. And there's a ton of apps, you know, different meditation apps that, that help, especially when you, when it's new. Um, and that's, and it's also just a helpful thing to return to every day. So, um, I think it really depends on how you respond to, you know, most things, like if you're really can do it on your own, if you need a little help or there, there are classes, there are tons of yoga studios now have meditation classes. Um, so that might help, but there's a, a lot of ways you can meditate in the next 10 minutes if you, you know, in the next two minutes if you want to. Is, Namely, just sit down, close your eyes, and focus on your breath. Okay. Is there is there a trick to, like, letting things go? I mean, and that's a serious question because I've never been good at that. You know, I, I usually let things marinate and then dwell and then recycle and then <laughs> do it again and again and again and again and again. And again. Well, that's, really, that's really human. I mean, the magic happens when you actually allow yourself to observe it. Sort of detached from it, as if you're, you know, watching it, as if you're, it's happening to someone else. That thought. Is there a trick to that? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's just slowing down. Okay, slowing down. When you down. slow it down, and you can really start watching these thoughts, and then it, it sort of happens on its own. Um, because you know, unfortunately, when you're when you're in it, that's you're already hijacked, right? So you, it's hard to get out of it. In, you know, until you start observing your thoughts and start slowing everything down to sort of see how. You know, they're, they're not, um, you have choice in the matter, that they're not, like, you don't have to identify with it and say, oh, that's my thought. It's like, oh, that's a thought. I could choose that thought, or I could choose this much more productive or happier thought, or no thoughts, or not that you ever have no thoughts, but that there's much more choice when you when you're allow yourself to slow down. And that's the hard, that's like the hard part, you know, in our culture, right? We're all like, go, 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 the bad, mm-hmm. just, you know, the do-gooder, I've got this, that, I'm multitasking, you know, allow yourself the position, permission to sort of, you know, um, do one thing most, which is in this moment, meditation is watch your breath and connect back to breath. Very cool. Imagine if, if people just replaced um, reading their social media with meditating. I mean, you know, that would be, wow. that would be the big win. <laughs> our world would be so different. You know, there'd be so many great relationships. I mean, <laughs> one can dream. Just take a moment, not let, not just sink deep in that black hole of the internet and comments. <laughs> Sorry, I'm projecting here out loud. Yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hey, like, I mean, that was, that was really cool. I think this is really helpful. And again, like, for just speaking personally for me, I mean, 
meditating is something I've tried, um, but and I'll admit to to what you ladies pointed out, probably make more excuses uh, than actually exist. So you know, I for one, I'm gonna you know keep trying um, because you know all you can do is keep trying. So I really think appreciate your time and uh, just a reminder for those, their book is Just Sit, a meditation guide book for people who know they should but don't. And that, that I think that, that describes all of us. So thank you, ladies, Suki and Elizabeth. I really appreciate it. Um, I think uh, you can really help people out. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks thank so much. Thank you so much. Keep meditating. I will. Thanks, ladies. Be well. Do you like, okay, you sound like you're a kind of anxious person. <laughs> like, like, no, like, I have super intense anxiety in what you explained. A very anxious it's exactly, person. Sorry, I'm not just being like, hey, you suck. But I realize... I do meditate when I'm having anxiety attacks. That's the only way to get out of them. You focus on your breathing? That's how, I, otherwise I legitimately will die. Mm. You have to like count. No, I'm like the opposite. Like breathing. when I, every time I try to meditate, it just goes horribly wrong. You just go, to a, it's like, what, seriously, it's like, what? I'm, it almost sounds like it makes it worse for you. Well, what, what, you say you're an anxious person. How does that manifest itself? Like I know uh, Erica mm-hmm. has full-blown panic attacks yeah. and real bad situations. I don't know it's if fun. I get full-blown panic attacks. I'm a functionally functioning um, anxious person. Um, I probably just make other people uncomfortable when I'm super anxious. <laughs> Good. It's like, wow, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, I listen. I've always tried to be a reflective person, and I think sometimes that can get you into a rabbit hole. Um, I do have a, a bad habit of dwelling on things. Um, I repeat myself both in my head and to other people. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's a. And sometimes your ego gets in the way. Um, so you just kind of really th- think about, I'm, I've never been described as a carefree person. Okay. Um, you know, you know, the person is just like, yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, let's just, let's just see. I don't know. And in my brains, I'm like, like I have a hundred possibilities of how this can go. You know, 65 of them uh-huh. aren't good, you know? Eric, um, can you relate to that, Eric? I, like 100%. But I'm amazed that you went on reality television yeah, like really. this. It was probably good for me. Uh, well, it's interesting. I've been a much more of a risk taker in, in my 30s than I ever was in my 20s, which I is something I look back and when people ask me if I have regrets, if for no other reason, I think it's exciting. Like, listen, I ne- when I grew up in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in a very conservative household, and again, I was a, a kid with a plan, so to speak, and graduated from college in accounting, um, had a job, went to work the next day after I graduated. Oh. You know, I, I thought I'd be married with kids when I was 25. I like had the plan, so to speak. And obviously, as most people go, the plan usually doesn't work out. And I realize I'm probably it, it, like sometimes I think people maybe are, uh, you know, they have these personality traits that. Um, or, or weaknesses and shortcomings or insecurities that um, define who they are, but maybe deep down that's not who they are, you know? Um, because I've, as I've been willing to take bigger risks, I realize I am maybe more of a risk taker than I realized. Um, that Fair It right. is what makes, I think, me happier. Um, you know, I think sometimes we go through life uh, wanting to do things or wishing we can do things, um, but making excuses not to do things. And then sometimes I often found... Um, when we do it, we realize, well, that wasn't really that hard, mm. you know? Um, I always, when I when I lived in Milwaukee, I, I never saw myself staying there. But I always, I just stayed there. Um, and I, you know, Chicago's very close to Milwaukee, and I always thought to myself, well, I'll just move to Chicago. I want to, 
But even that, I just never did it. And then eventually I did. You know, I got a job. I just, I was yeah. like, I'm going to do this. And then I did. It was like, well, that was really easy. It was literally no different <laughs> than moving down the street from Milwaukee. It's just like a slightly longer drive. And then like, I woke up one morning living in Milwaukee and the next day I was living in Chicago and that was it. And I was like, why did that take six years? You know? Yeah, right. I, you, I moved from Milwaukee to Los Angeles. Part of me still can't believe I did that. In your mind, it seems like a big deal, but I'm thinking when you went back, it probably was just like moving. Yeah, right. No, like, you just eh, wake up the next day. Eh, not to downplay, there's sure there's some struggles or whatever, but in life, you know, if you're going to, if there's, we, we have these dreams or these risks and, and sometimes we just get in our, in our head and we think of all the reasons and fears of, uh, of why not to do them and it just kind of um i've i've challenged myself to be that person who just tries to be more carefree it takes a conscious effort for me to do that it's it doesn't come naturally but when i f i find that when i f i force myself to do it um i look back and and and, and i'm glad i ha i did and it's not usually because things worked out the way i thought they would oh well, that has almost never happened for me but um they usually along the way things happen that i didn't expect um, I've met people I didn't know I'd get to meet. I've, I've experienced incredible things that, you know, five, 10 years ago, I never would have imagined um, I've got to experience. And so I think I'm better for it. Um, that's not to say that I've had to sacrifice certain things, um, but, you know. Do your parents watch all your TV appearances? <laughs> oh, yeah. They watch everything. They watch Kimmel. I'm sure they have. Uh, the, Paradise. Like, I, I'm at the point, you know, like I've, you know, if I do an interview, like I don't think too much of it. My parents would be like, "I saw you on so and so. Why didn't you tell me?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't <laughs> right. know, man. Like, I don't. I I stopped watching my stuff. I didn't watch any of Dancing with. Like, I didn't see Dancing. Yeah. It's live, so it's a little different. Right. Um, but you didn't DVR it and watch it back. No, um, I didn't. And I bet uh, your parents love that though. I bet that oh, was they really do. exciting. Yeah, my parents. You know, they're they're just that's a big blue collar Wisconsin people, salt of the earth people who. Uh, you know, so they certainly never expected any of their kids to to do what I'm doing, um, and I think they're, hap they're they're as happy for all their children as they are for me. But it is, there's a level of excitement that I yeah. think comes with some of the. Did they enjoy being on TV when you would like have hometown dates? And you know, they they're they're, they're again they're down to earth people where they don't get too over the top about things, and I think my parents you know handled it, handled it appropriately, where they really were in the moment, and they, it was more about me and and their son and going through the experience than thinking about the, the TV yeah. show. Um, yeah, so I don't think that but was... But the neighbors in Waukesha must be thrilled. Yeah, the ABC trucks I think it was cooler up. for them to like come to Dancing with the Stars and be in the audience. Yeah, I think that cool, was a yeah. different experience because there was no like personal thing attached to it. I mean, you know, on the show, like on The Bachelorette, there's like, my, I think my son might get engaged. This, <laughs> this girl this sounds totally insane. I'm going to try to support him, but yeah. holy sh**. You know, like, so like the thought of the show is probably uh, well, not as... When they met, like, all your... How many of yours did they meet? Three? Four? They did it differently that season, right? Of your girls? Maybe not. No, they did the same. They, they met, met, two? They met Raven and Vanessa. So weird. Moving on. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> this is from Anonymous, and you'll find out why. Two years ago, I met a man that I felt an instant connection to stronger than anything I've ever felt. I met him in person. I literally felt a physical pull to him. was instantly oh. attracted to him. I never really believed in soulmates. But that experience made me second-guess that. Our values, our beliefs, our sense of humor. And he's just an all-around good, hard-working, successful guy. These are the strongest feelings I've ever felt towards anyone by far. Here's the catch. Oh, no. He's one of my best friend's brother, and he's married. 
This is something I would never act on. I'm a big believer in the sanctity of marriage. I would never do anything to ruin a relationship. I love their family, and pursuing these feelings has never been an option. In fact, I feel guilty for even having these thoughts and feelings. My question is, how do I apply this to dating? After having this feeling of connection, I feel myself comparing those feelings to everyone else, every other relationship I have, and nothing has come close. I'm currently kind of dating someone, and I like him, but the feelings don't come close to what I've now experienced for someone else's husband. I kind of added that in. (laughs) Is this a waste of time? Should I keep trying to find someone who draws those same feelings, although that seems impossible? That is anonymous. That's a tough one. That's a lot. I mean, she seems like she, and there's there's some missing information. I'd love to, to talk to this person. I don't know how old they are. Doesn't sound like she they've um, crossed the line. I don't even know if no. for sure if he is aware of this. This could be just uh, an infatuation from a distance. Right. Who knows? So there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, but I think if to try to maybe answer this the best if, that I can, I don't know if it's right, but... Uh, you know, again, I think it, we also have a habit of, of um, creating things in, in our mind that aren't necessarily true. And we all love what we can't have. Clearly, he's unavailable or should be, at least. Mm-hmm. He's married. Um, if you want a good takeaway, try to like re- reverse engineer maybe, it, you know, what you like in this guy. Um, probably a lot of it is an infatuation, but if you're trying to just break down what it is you like, you know, the qualities that he seems to demonstrate, um, hopefully with his wife, uh, <laughs> that you appreciate, um, you know, and again, sometimes we have a habit of glorifying. I mean, there's, I've, there's a someone in my life who, you know, want to get into detail, but you know, that we we had a a friendship that was maybe a little bit more, but it never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, because of crazy things uh, in our lives, we never got together. You know, um, and so you can call it a misconnection. And this is someone who uh, had been very special to me, and and vice versa. But we never actually dated. Um, and, and because time, one or both of you might have been in timing a relationship and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, those are the worst. I and have one um, of those. you know, uh, and sometimes I think to myself about you know, you know what would have been like. Um, it's very easy for me to think that was the person. If all things being equal, it, it would have worked out. But the truth is, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, because we never actually dated in a relationship and. And it's not to say that that person isn't great or maybe we, it could be an amazing relationship, but it's just very easy to glorify things in our head without really knowing. Right. Um, you know, because sometimes those relationships, you get to pick and choose the things you like. You get to conveniently um, dismiss the things that you, you wouldn't like or, don't, or you're not even aware of, like how you handle uh, conflict. I mean... Again, that's uh, that's usually the detriment of any relationship, right? Because it's you know, talk, call the honeymoon phase. You like someone, you're hopefully physically attracted, you have some of the similar interests, and often relationships don't work out because people don't communicate in a way during conflict, right? And so uh, this person has no idea how that how how to fight right. with this person or what they're like. They 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 have a very high level peripheral of this person. They've been able to pick and choose some of these attractive characteristics that this person probably has. So. You know, and the fact a, that they're the forbidden fruit probably adds yeah, to that as well. Yeah, there's the forbidden fruit. There's this, you know, so there's a lot of things going on. So I think my advice to, to this, this anonymous person is don't over-glorify the relationship. If you want to have a takeaway in your dating life is 
identify those characteristics that you find attractive in this person and try to find another person. And that might take time. I don't know. You know, that might take five, 10 years. Maybe it takes a week. But I wouldn't glorify this and certainly have it change your perspective of, you know, the one, because he's not the one for you because he wouldn't be married if he was. he's the one for someone else. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> you know, like, you really want to believe in a world where you, um, that fate exists and there's a one and only, but he decided to marry someone else, but that happens to be your sister's husband kind of, or friend. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that world. So, I, and I'm guessing this anonymous, anonymous person doesn't want to be either. So, right. um, yeah. do you believe in soulmates, Nick? No. This is the most silliest not, thing. Not at in the all. World. No, it's no. It's just ridiculous. Okay. I don't it's it's not even an attractive trait. I've talked about this before. I mean, <sighs> what's more attractive? To think that someone's just like made for you and that no matter what you do or don't do, and even if you marry someone else, that they're supposed to be with that person and that's romantic. Or that there's a lot of people out there that you could be attracted to. And that because relationships are hard and difficult and challenging, that you have to consciously make an effort to say this isn't easy, but I love you, and I choose to make it work with you, and I choose to like make sacrifices, and I choose to give up other things, other people, other women, my, because I want to make this work over any other relationship that could work if I invested time in that one. To me, that's more romantic, and that's just the reality of things, but to, to assume that there's some predetermined thing. I mean, yeah, there's, there's people who are you're connect, you feel instant connection yes. with, you know, but there's a lot of people who, who that can happen with, and things like timing. Because, yeah, that would just be an, in, that's just an insane concept. <laughs> well, six billion people Do you people believe in, in like, things happening for a reason that you guys ended up in the same room? I'm not saying fate or soulmates, but. I, I, I believe, I guess, in energy. I think if you're open, if you keep yourself open, you, you can, there are good situations and bad situations that you can find yourselves in. Okay. And then you just kind of read signs. And I think as we get older and we mature and we gain perspective, you get hopefully better at, at reading those situations um and I, you know things things tend to i always say like i don't believe things happen for a reason but i do believe things have a way of working themselves out okay and there's a huge difference between those two statements if you really think about it um work, you know that. over time things will work themselves out if you're open to it if you allow it to happen if you stop obsessing over what you how you want things to be and just be open to what things are um, that will work themselves out and maybe not probably well, almost never in the moment that you want it. Um, but eventually almost always you look back and think, okay, well that I, I, I have a different opinion of what I wanted or, or who I wanted to be with, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, it tends to always work out. I mean, okay. generally speaking. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. All right, this is Katie. A guy from my past has come back into my life. We haven't talked to each other in five years, and he reached out last April, wanting to rekindle our friendship. We stopped talking because he and his friends really hurt me our senior year of high school, to the point where I was depressed and suicidal. I stopped talking to him because he pretended like he was my friend, but he never really was. It hurt like hell to say goodbye, but I did. Just to clarify, we were never more than friends. I really liked him, but we didn't ha want to ruin our friendship because I knew he didn't have the same feelings. Fast forward to now. Since we have started talking again, we've become more than friends, but less than lovers. I'm a virgin and refuse to let him put his name on that. I like that. That's a nice way of putting that. We've never been in this place before, though, so I'm still navigating the situation. He's initiated all of this, but it mostly happens when we're intoxicated. At the beginning, he even lied to me about still being together with his girlfriend. He's told me I make him nervous when I'm around. He doesn't like to hang out with me alone because he feels tempted to make a move. After nights out, I've slept over at his place with him in his bed. We fooled around, but nothing more. 
when we're together, we act like we are in a relationship, but I'm positive I would never want a relationship with him, and I'm pretty sure he feels the same way. We just like to have each other when we need each other. I love this kid, but know that because of what happened in high school and his history of cheating on his girlfriends, I could never be in a relationship with him. Help. I just have no idea what his take is on our relationship because it doesn't talk about stuff. Where do you think his head is with all of this? That's Katie. Katie. Katie's Katie's going to be fine. Um, Again, Katie sounds like a young woman who, you know, probably knows more about what she wants than she realizes. I I think the important uh, thing here is who gives a shit? what he mm-hmm. thinks about the relationship. I think, yes. uh, think about what you want about the relationship. It sounds like you know is that, you know, I mean, I don't know if Katie's really being totally honest with herself because she's saying it, but I don't know if she believes it. Like, I'll never, I never want a relationship with this guy. I think she really wants a relationship with this guy. And that's okay. You should be honest with yourself. Honest with yourself about what it is. Um, because it sounds like when she removes herself from the kind of emotional side, it sounds like she can kind of point out whether this relationship is or isn't right for her and it sounds like she knows that it's not i mean here's what this relationship is and i how i would describe it and it would probably be how i describe a lot of these relationships and a lot of and everyone has it this is this is a sour patch uh, kid relationship what i mean by that is we're leaning in on this one what a sour patch kid relationship is um so sour patch kids for i think we can all agree and if you don't like sour patch kids you're just i do like them. they're my favorite Sour Patch Kids are a delicious candy. Yes. They're, they're amazing, right? We, we all love Sour Patch Kids. And, but, like, you know, when you have Sour Patch Kids, like even now I'm thinking about Sour Patch Kids, and my mouth is salivating. Yeah. You know, when you right have now. a Sour it's like you just you crave it. You go to the movies, and you're like, oh, do I want Sour Patch Kids? And you get Sour Patch Kids, and it's so good. Or your friends have it, and you're eating these Sour Patch Kids. But almost always we have Sour Patch Kids. We eat them. We indulge, we binge a little bit, and eventually it like rots the inside of our mouth. You know, that's too much sugar. If we weigh too much on an empty stomach, we get like gut rot. It it just doesn't make us feel good. It's 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 amazing. It tastes so good. It gives us a fix, but it's not sustainable. You know, we can't survive on right. Sour Patch yeah. Kids. And even though we'll like get the Sour Patch Kids and we'll do this and we'll binge, and then we'll like get sick to our stomachs, so or we'll like you know, our mouth is deteriorated. You're like, oh, I can't keep doing this. And then a few days go by and you're, you go to your friend's house and they have Sour Patch Kids laying around. You're like, eh, hey, I'm going to have some more power kids. Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> and, and you keep doing this over and over because like every time you forget, you're like reminded about how delicious the Sour Patch Kid is. But again, it never becomes sustainable. It never becomes the food that you can like nourish yourself on. And that's basically like, these relationships. This like everyone, the fascinating thing. everyone has... A Sour Patch kid in their life. Everyone has multiple Sour Patch relationships. I think it's important to identify Mm -hmm. who the Sour Patch kid in your life is. Uh, We probably have all been Sour Patch kids as someone else. And I think the reason is that we find these people where we're just like, you know, maybe it's this infatuation. They do something for us. Maybe we like spending time with them. We're willing to like accept. Maybe they cheat on someone like the story describes, you know, or they... You know, you hang out with them, they give you this fix, but over time, they do some damage to you. You know, they make you feel not good about yourself. They bring up insecurities. They're they're kind of being selfish off doing their thing. They're not committing. And over time, they do these things that, as anyone would agree, aren't sustainable, right? But we do it for whatever reason. We hang on to these Sour Patch Kids over and over. Why? Because they're f***ing delicious. And they're so good. And in the moment, they just, like, they, they serve this, like, instant gratifi- gratification. And, and so... I think it's just, yeah, this, this person's a Sour Patch Kid, and, um, and that's okay. And you'll probably keep 
tasting it because it's Where delicious and it feels from? good. It's good. Um, Did you come up with this? Because now I'm like, oh my god, that relationship I was in was a Sour Patch Kid relationship. I, yes. I, I, I was. <laughs> I came up with this recently. I was giving relationship this advice to this I, uh, someone I was dating recently. Um, you were giving advice sister. to them. I know there's their younger sister okay. who is not young, who's in in her thirties. So don't feel bad. Um, like this happens to everyone. Okay. And you know, we were having a good time, indulging in substance and. Um, <laughs> And it's just like we were talking about this and it came up. I'm like, you know what he is? He's a Sour Patch Kid. Uh, but it's true. I mean, that's uh, that's what we do. You know, we do it over and over. And I think, again, so don't beat yourself up because we all love Sour Patch Kids. We just can't deny how good they are. And we know we're always going to go back and eat them. Um, but I go you, back and eat them within the same movie. Yeah. Like a half an like, hour oh, in, I'm like, yeah. oh, I can't do this anymore. An hour later, I'm like, hey, is. I still have so some like, of So like, if you want to keep, I'm not saying get this guy out of your life, you know, and she, you know, this, this young lady is young, so it's fine. And you're probably going to have more Sour Patch Kids in your life. <laughs> it's just going to happen. But just be honest with yourself that he is. And don't pretend that you can have a healthy diet on Sour Patch Kids because you can't. No one can, you know, they're delicious and they're fun and they're a good time. But eventually they'll rot you on your inside. Um, I think you just changed my life. <laughs> All because of Sour Patch Kids. So, it's like, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You should That's, TM that. That. That, would, uh, that would be my advice. Uh, so yeah. Victoria, my name is Vicky. I'm from Philly. I'm in love with love. I just broke up with my boyfriend a few days ago and I have three options but need help figuring out which direction I should go in. Here's some backstory to my most recent relationship. We dated for close to one and a half years, and after my birthday last month, I turned 27, I started thinking about long-term goals and made a decision to be a little selfish this year and take care of myself in all areas of my life. One of those decisions was to break off the relationship because he didn't believe in marriage and made it clear on multiple occasions he didn't want children ever. Right now, I feel like I need to take some time to figure out who I am and enjoy my own company and stay single. What do you think I should do? One, get back out there and find the man of my dreams, even if it means another heartbreak. Two, stay single for the rest of the year and curse all men. <laughs> Three, stay single until my ex changes his mind on things and realizes he wants to be with me forever. Four, none of the above. Try my luck on The Bachelor since in the last 11 years, none of the real world scenarios have worked out. <laughs> Victoria. Let's let's just, like, just go through these one by one. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, there's a, there's a theme with these emails. I'm, like, I'd be certain that these people kind of know the answer, but maybe they're just curious what, what we think. Um, she loves love. That's an honest assessment mm -hmm. of, of oneself. And I think that's pretty common. Um, but I think when you have that realization that you love love, I mean, it's okay to love love, but don't love it so much that you uh, search for things that aren't real love and then call it love. Um, you know, again, it, it sounds like she's, she knows what she wants in life. She wants to have a family. And that's a, it sounds like a top priority for her, and that's nothing to dismiss. So let, let, number one, get back out there and find the man of my dreams, even if it means another heartbreak. I mean, it's funny that she's like, I just broke up with my boyfriend a few days ago, and I have a few options. <laughs> I'm assuming the options are these one through four and not like four guys who are pining for her affection. No, I think but her options knows? are one through four. Yeah. One through four. Um, listen, she, of course, get back out there. But like, this is not like... Um, get back out there in the sense that, like, just go live, you know? And that kind of, you know, one through three are just kind of do all of the above on one through three. Like, like what are you going to do? Like, don't go on nine dating apps and, like, start hitting on a bunch of guys at bar. Just go be, you know? 
be okay with being by yourself. Don't rush into the next relationship. But who knows? Maybe the love of your life pops in your life tomorrow. I don't know. Be open to it. Um, you know, I think so often people like define what they are. They they, go, they, have a, they get out of a relationship, they have heartbreak, and they're like, I'm not dating anyone for whatever period of time. Like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. A week or six months or a year? Like she even says like for the rest, the rest of the, of the year. year. Yeah, it's a long like, time. What, is, what does that mean? Like, is there a middle ground, you know? Um, I mean, that's also a long time, but like you can't control how long you're single. She wants to know if she should get back out there today or- mm-hmm. Or curse all men, Curse men, men for the entire year. Uh, listen, um, definitely don't curse men. I mean- <laughs> Again, like there are good people and bad people out there. there are, and, and and a bad person for you doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. There might be a bad person for you. I mean, some people don't want to have kids, and this makes them not right for you. But at the point where you stay in a relationship and expect to change them, then it's on you. You know, you got to stop blaming the people you're with for the things that you've decided to be okay with for a period of time, even though you weren't really okay with them. Um, so when you start doing that and kind of sacrificing your priorities, that's kind of on you and not the people you're with. Um, Stay single. Yeah. So uh, stay single for the rest of the year. I mean, I think it's good to be alone. I think it's good to be comfortable with being alone. I think it's good to know what you really want and maybe reassess your priorities. If you were in a relationship that you find yourself compromising the things that were most important to you, I think there's it's important to decide why you were willing to do that. You know, maybe it's just, lack of maturity. Maybe it is these priorities aren't as important to you as you maybe you thought, you know? So I think reassess that and then get back out there. Uh, stay single until my ex changes his mind. I hate on this things. one. No, I don't I realize, know this Yeah, bad. number three, definitely no. He's not going to change his mind. Again, it's also entirely possible that he might be bored, call you up, and be like, yeah, I want kids, and then realize he doesn't <laughs> again. Right. That's probably going to happen. Right. In fact, that's I guarantee that that's like an 80% chance of that happening. Um, but he, listen, and, and you know, my guess is not knowing about this relationship, there's a lot more going on here than he doesn't want kids. I mean, so whatever it is, he is who he is. Um, you're 27. I'm guessing maybe he's your age or older. You know, this guy is who he is. None of the above. Try my luck on the bachelor. Well, it hasn't worked out for me. So, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> the bachelor. Like it's an experience that people can find love. I don't know if it's for finding love though, oh. you know? I like to believe it is. As, as someone who, okay, so I watch the show. Like, as someone who watches the show, I have to believe at the end of the day, like, they're going to stay together until they break up. The, what The Bachelor is is a heightened version of the world. That's yeah, all so it it's is. Horrifying and love. so, like the world, people fall in love right. and can fall in love. And then, like in the world, often relationships don't work out because yeah. they're hard, you know? And you, um, you don't you you go into a relationship and it's escalated and it's moved forward quickly and there's a lot about people you don't know not necessarily bad or good just compatibility wise and um, it it's a bigger risk that has you know been great to work out for some and it's just you know um, but it's interesting like you know I think about like you all, we all has we have to own our choices we have to be accountable for our choices um, I'm single today. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I chose to go on The Bachelor four times. I'm not, I don't blame The Bachelor, but it was a high-risk situation that could have had some great payoff when it comes to my relationship life, and it ended up not. You know, And that was a risk I chose to take. I don't sit there and, you know, it's funny because, like, obviously with being known as someone who's gone on the show and my dating life is something that people pay attention to, you know, like, unfortunately, it comes with, like, um, some people see me as unlucky in love or things like that. I don't, you know, but at the same time, I also don't, I own the fact that I, for the past three to four years, 
um, decided to take some pretty extreme risks when it comes to my love life. And it hasn't panned out. Now, I own that. I don't sit there and be like, what is wrong with me? Like, I, I'm pretty aware that I just yeah. took some risks. And I think in life, we have to own that too. You know, we have to like, life's about choices and sacrifices and prioritize pri prioritizing things. And sometimes we um, prioritize some things over another. And sometimes we, again, like a lot of these emails, we stay in relationships that when we list them out or write a letter to someone else asking advice, it seems pretty clear that these relationships aren't right for us. But for whatever reason, we choose to stay in these Sour Patch Kid relationships <laughs> um, and thinking that that's something that can sustain us and make us happy and, and, and nurture us, and, and they don't. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. So, so what's our advice? It's not one or two or three or four. It's, it's combined one and two, one and, two um, in the sense that just be... Just go out there. Be open Just to finding love. Just take it one love. day at a time. Take it one, yeah. You know, be comfortable with being single. Reassess your relationship. Reprioritize what you loved about the relationship, what you didn't want. And then just be open to meeting people. And that might happen tomorrow and it might happen 10 years from now. But hopefully when it does happen, it will be with the person that you will be lucky enough that it works out forever. And whenever that forever is. Well, thank you, Dean, for letting me be here <laughs> while you are taking Instagram photos. <laughs> In Honduras. Um, I stole all his emails, so he's going to need more. Yeah, so people, come on. I uh, I hopefully did a okay job answering these people's questions. So Dean's going to need more emails to help you at least talk about your love life. Um, I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Thank you to Suki and Elizabeth Novogratz, uh, authors of Just Sit. Um, talked about meditation. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to meditate a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that'll work out. But uh, I'm going to try because, you know what, eventually I'll figure myself out. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Thanks, oh, thanks yeah. Nick. Never again. Thanks for Never. coming in. <laughs> Follow Help. I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.